You're listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. You know, again, I, I come back to if we have a, a word of prophecy or something for somebody, and we're speaking words, and they're, they may be great words, or they may be just a couple of words that don't really make that much sense to us, but there's, there's an anointing, there's a presence of God on those words. So they actually release life that we couldn't release by our, our own thinking and trying to figure out how to reach somebody. And again, we've talked about many times, I mean, this society is so good at dismissing ideas and dismissing um, I say arguments, I don't mean that in the sense of being mean, but you know what I mean, having a logical argument about something, talking people into believing in Jesus. You know, there there are still some people that find him that way, but for the most part, that's just not, I mean, this, this society is so good at denying, I mean, you know, they're denying biology these days, so, you know, it's, it's very easy for people to just dismiss. I, I've had conversations online with people where I'm just sharing my heart with them and just sharing my experience with God with them. Actually not, I mean, I, I guess I am trying to convince them, but I, it's really, it's, that's not the way it's flowing out of me. That's not the way it's flowing out of me. I'm just saying, hey, here's been my experience with this person. I'm not just giving you a a doctrine that I'm expecting you to believe. I'm just telling you what my experience has been. And they'll say things like, well, why should I believe your myth, you know, or whatever. So when people are touched by the presence of God, they may even still stand there and deny it to you. But when they go home, they know something happened. I mean, the Lord has a way of making himself known. So that's why I think all of this is so important. We were, I, we were never supposed to be a church that just communicated a set of ideas, even though the ideas are great and they work and all that. It, it was never supposed to be that. We were supposed to carry this person. And these are ways that he has decided to manifest himself. And I think that these nine gifts, I mean, it's important to look at them for what they are. But at the same time, I don't think these are actually the only way that the Spirit of God manifests himself. I think he manifests himself in a lot of ways. And whatever uh, we think may be a manifestation of the Spirit of God, the main thing is it has to line up with the, with the Word, with, with what is written in the Word, and the nature of Jesus Christ. But I, you know, we look at these because these are the ones that we've been given. But I guess what I'm trying to say is, as we start to try and live and walk in these, don't, don't be too rigid about it. Just learn to, um, learn to have that relationship with the Holy Spirit. I, I like the way, you know, Bill, Bill Johnson has a quote that I really like where he talks about what we need to do is just spend a lot of good quality, intimate time with God in private and then take risks in public. <laughs> because anytime the Lord starts moving you to say something to somebody or pray for their healing or whatever it is, for you and me, it's going to feel like a risk. Like, am I missing it? You know, and honestly, sometimes we do, you know, but most of the time, God's going to move there. And so we've got to be willing to just step out. And 
risk our whatever reputation or or whatever it might be you know if if you still have a reputation then you know you'll you'll risk that so <laughs> but um so again uh these these gifts you know we defined them uh last week somehow oh supernatural manifestations of god's presence and power that are given at a specific time for a specific purpose. So, so they really come to meet a specific need. Uh, the other two, the only other two verses I'll mention again is 1 Corinthians 12, 7, uh, that said, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good to benefit everyone in the room is what that means, for the common good. And that word manifestation means a flashing forth. So the Spirit of God is going to move and then it's it's done. The gifts, these gifts flow that way. They come and they go essentially. And then in 1 Corinthians 12, 11, uh, it said he gives them to each one just as he determines. So again, they come as he wills, not as we will. We don't just decide uh, to go out and flow in some specific gift. So let's go to 1 Corinthians 12, 8. Uh, 8 through 11 is where we find the list of the gifts and then We'll just go ahead and go through this list. We'll just take them tonight in the order that they're given uh, in the scripture. Sometimes for teaching purposes, we'll break them down into three categories of three. There's a set of power gifts, a set of spoken gifts, and a set of revelation gifts. And sometimes we'll do it that way. But tonight, we'll just we'll just go through the list um, and talk about them as they come. So 1 Corinthians uh, 12, verse 8. Uh, this is, let's see, the New King James Version actually. says, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So uh, it's kind of interesting because we don't, you know, he says it's one and the same Spirit that works all these different ways. And to us, that's not such a big deal because we're used to the idea of one God. But he was talking to people who worshipped idols and they worshipped a huge, every different thing that happened was a different God. And we have some people around that, that think that way. They think tree is one God and grass is another God. And, you know, we have some people around, but it's not the culture. And uh, so, but it was their culture. So he's saying, here are these different gifts, and they might flow through Barb, and they might flow through Justin, and they might flow through Holly. And, you know, I mean, they, they might come through that different person. It might even look a little bit different, but it's one in the same spirit. So he's making the point here that this is not different gods like you've been used to. This is one spirit manifesting himself in different ways. Again, one of the important parts of that for us is his nature is not going to change. The manifestation might be different, but it always points to the nature of God and who he is. So uh, so it's, it's one God. So Paul starts out with that. So he starts with this word of wisdom, okay? And, and so what that is, is a fragment of God's wisdom. All right, it's kind of interesting to me that some of the Bible scholars make a big deal about, it's not all of God's wisdom, as if, you know, <laughs> we could do that. But, uh, but it's, a, it's a piece of wisdom from God. It's supernatural insight and it's correct application. 
Okay, because the next one is the word of knowledge. And, and the difference between those two is knowledge is always about facts. It's always, and, and we'll look at a couple of examples of this, but, you know, knowledge uh, just gives you a set of facts. So a word of knowledge is a fragment of God's knowledge. And it tells you the way something is or something that's happening right now or what somebody's thinking right now, but it's a set of facts. Wisdom is application of truth. And so a word of wisdom tells you what to do with knowledge. A word of wisdom usually gives instruction. It is, it is again, supernaturally perceived. This is the Holy Spirit doing this. So you'll be in some situation and all of a sudden this, this instruction or this perception about what you need to do or what somebody else needs to do or, or how to address a certain situation will come up on the inside of you. So it's a, it's a fragment of God's wisdom, supernaturally perceived, that delivers an answer or a directive to a pressing need or a future event. That makes sense. It's there's, you know, again, comes as the spirit wills. It comes for a specific situation. So it addresses a need and it gives instruction about what to do. Uh, the word of wisdom does not necessarily answer all of our questions about the situation, but it does give you the, the direction, the step. It, it gives you something to do. And I would say, um, It'll give you insight that can be acted upon. Usually it'll give almost, whether it's steps of action or anyway, it'll set a course for you because it's wisdom. It's application of knowledge, application of truth. Um, it's important that people, when they receive a word like that, it's important that they receive it. And when we receive a word of knowledge or word of wisdom, it's important that we make note of it. It's God speaking something to us. And if, if he's giving us wisdom and he's giving us instruction on how to apply something or how to, you know, what conversation to have, what conversation not to have, what we should do, it's important that we do it and, and not just mess around with it because we have to, we have to receive the gifts as the word of God. Now, as I say that, I'm thinking, Somebody may come up to you and say they have a word for you, and it's always up to you to judge that word. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. It's one of the big differences between the New Testament and the Old Testament. Same thing with word of knowledge, with prophecy, any of these things. In the Old Testament, people didn't have the Holy Spirit in them. So the prophet was the one <laughs> that wasn't allowed to miss it. If the prophet missed it, you know, they'd get stoned to death, you know, whereas in this day and age, we all have the Holy Spirit and we're actually told to judge prophecies. So there will be a bearing witness on the inside of us to something that's coming from God. And if that's not there, you don't have to get mad at the person or, you know, you know or, or freak out. But, but you have every right to say, and what I've done in the past when somebody's, you know, and I guess we have this quite a bit because we'll especially not so much here. But if we're somewhere else ministering or something, people will come up and they'll give you a word. And I, I think in nearly every case, their hearts have been in the right place. And some of them were right on and others weren't. They, they just weren't. And, and we could tell that. But, you know, they're trying and, and I'm okay with that. It's, it's just, I didn't, you know, I would take that and I would say, okay, Lord, if this is you, because it doesn't feel like it's you, 
So if this is you, I need a confirmation of it or I need you in some way to let me know that I'm just missing it here. I mean, I always want to at least take that thing and pray over it in the very least. But if it doesn't bear witness with your heart, if somebody's bringing you a word of wisdom or knowledge of prophecy, you have every right to, to look at that and, and judge that and then just set it aside. Don't, don't worry about it. Um, so godly wisdom is always any kind of wisdom we get from God. It's always the correct and timely application of either a spiritual truth, generally, if we're talking about God's wisdom, but with a, a word of wisdom, it might be natural facts. It might be, it might be on the spiritual side. It might be God uh, telling you a, a way that he wants you to give your way out of debt, a way for you to apply a spiritual principle, in other words. It also might be God showing you how to fix the brakes on your car. I mean, it, you know, sometimes he just gives you a different insight into how to apply natural facts, how to fix something, how to go about something. And, and that's why a lot of times we'll, you know, when, when I've had that happen many times with, especially with, for me, with machinery, you know, of just waiting and praying over something and, and somewhere along the way, it'll pop into your mind, I bet it was this. And I don't know, I wouldn't put this in the category necessarily maybe of a, a word of knowledge, but um, last fall we were down with some of our friends in Grants and Hal had been having problems with his, he has a, a big riding lawnmower and he had gotten it, it, it had started throwing sparks from underneath and making terrible noises and he couldn't really get under it. So we were down there, so I jacked the thing up and I got under there well you know, their their place is just weeds and dirt and, you know. So, I mean, the whole thing was just packed with hard mud, caliche dirt that was, you know, like rock under there so that the blades could barely spin. And they were, it was so it was dirt. It wasn't rock, but you'd have thought it was rock the way the thing was throwing, throwing sparks. So anyway, I chipped all that out of there. We got all that working and, and I've never run his mower. He he got on it, it was in the garage there, and he put it, well, then it wouldn't move, you know, the, the and so we're thinking the transmission is out or something, I mean, the thing wouldn't, wouldn't move, so, so that night we have the book out, and we're looking to see how the drive works, and how the, you know, is it belts, or how does this work, and are we gonna put it in the trailer and haul it down the next day, and all this stuff, well, in the middle of the night, he was, he was laying there thinking about it, and, and the Lord just spoke to him, you have to, there are two levers you have to use to put that thing in gear <laughs> and he'd only done one of them and so it just wasn't in gear that's all it was but he knew suddenly he knew it wasn't in gear and he told me that the next morning and I went out and put the other lever in gear sure enough it worked so whether that was exactly a word of knowledge or not it was God giving him that insight uh, into what was going on there so it can be something really natural so that and that's always cool very helpful so uh, another example just from our lives was uh, there was a period where we had moved up here, we'd started the church, and, and for a number of years, and we'd go down, Karen's parents were still living in Albuquerque, and we'd go down and we'd stay at their place, and then we had church meetings to do, and board meetings to do, and people to see, and various pastors we were meeting with, and and uh, the worship leaders at Believer's Center and all this stuff. We had all these meetings and friends that we wanted to meet with and family. And that was all great. But uh, 
But invariably, for a while there, Karen's parents were getting very upset because we didn't spend all our time with them. And they didn't really, I mean, they didn't understand that the church was something real. You know, it was sort of like, well, you're not doing anything up there. Why can't you just spend time with us? And and so we prayed about, we just asked the Lord, what can we do about this? Because we have to do these meetings and we don't want to disrespect them. We're staying in their house, you know. And uh, so anyway, the, the Lord gave Karen a word about just what we needed to do specifically. And it was sp- have the first night, have, have that dinner with them and spend, did we spend the first night? I can't remember now. It's been so many years. Spend the first night there and the last meal there. And the, I think the next, the breakfast the next morning. Anyway, yeah, there were like three things. Do this. And I mean, this is over a whole week's time of coming and going and rushing in and out and everything. We did those things and everybody was happy, pretty much. You know, they still wanted us there all the time. But it made a huge, huge difference. And it was just a simple, to me, that was a word of wisdom. Do it this way and it'll work, you know. And, and it, was, it was great. So it wasn't us giving somebody a word. It was just the Lord speaking that word to our hearts. But it made a huge difference. So, word of wisdom, it's always application, it's something to do. Word of knowledge is, is knowledge revealed by the Holy Spirit. Knowledge always speaks of facts, and wisdom speaks of application of facts. Um, the word of knowledge will reveal facts about a present or past situation. Okay, because if it's revealing about a future situation, then that's prophecy. Basically. Again, a little technical, but it's true. So usually it's about something that's going on right now. Here's a couple examples. John chapter 4, verses 17 and 18. You guys know these women at the well. Scriptures, right? Uh, the woman, Jesus is talking with her, and he tells her to bring her, bring her husband. And she says, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said that you have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. <laughs> so he busts her, but he, but he says, yeah, the person you're, you're right. You don't have a husband. You've had five, and the person you're living with now is not your husband. Well, that, him telling her that, you know, you could take that any way. You could take that in real condemning fashion, but she recognized this is God. Nobody knows that. This guy doesn't know that. I've never seen this guy before in my life. And she recognized, and she went back into town. What'd she say? This, you got to come meet this person that told me all about myself. You know, it was a word of knowledge. It was current facts, what her current living situation was. Uh, another one is in Acts 10, 19, and 20. This is where Peter was up on the roof and he was praying and the Lord's going to send him to Cornelius' house. And actually, it's kind of interesting in that one. I don't have the verses in front of me, but um, I think this is the one, or, or maybe it's a different one, where anyway, there are some of them where the, where the word of wisdom actually comes before the word of knowledge. Uh, and, and I thought it was this one where he said, go with them. Is that right? Yeah, go with them to this place. There are three men at your door. Instead of there are three men at your door, go with them. So, I mean, one, it doesn't, doesn't have to flow in the order of knowledge and then wisdom. But at any rate, those verses, it says, but, you know, the word of knowledge part, behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, and go down with them. Maybe it's just this translation, or I'm confusing it with a different one. But at any rate, um, and another one is in uh, 
Acts chapter 9, verses 10 through 19. This is Ananias, the Lord talking to Ananias about going and ministering to Saul. And again, he, he tells him that he needs to do this. He, he reveals uh, that there's a certain man on a certain street who's seen a vision. And then he tells him what to do with that. And Ananias argues with the Lord about it. But you can find these all over uh, in the scripture. And these are just the Spirit of God revealing facts and then telling somebody what to do with them. So that's what those are. The way this usually, as far as the way this flows, you know, in our lives or, or in a, um, especially in a church service, I mean, I guess the ways, and, and I want to hear from some of you about how this kind of stuff works in you, but the way this usually works in me, uh, I mean, as far as ministry and church goes, usually we'll be in worship for the most part. And I'll, I'll either start to get a picture in my heart of something. It seems like it's going more that way these days. Sometimes it's just words, you know, to that a, a phrase or a sentence or, or a scripture uh, that then leads into a bigger idea of something that needs to be brought out. And we might say there's some, you know, sometimes it's something like somebody here and their left elbow is hurt. You know, you see that when at Remedy and stuff. And and whenever I do that or Annie does that or Karen does that, or, I know, whereas I'm still, after all these years, I mean, it's like then people will raise their hands. It's like, oh, cool, you know. Because then sometimes they don't. And, and if they don't, sometimes we missed it. And sometimes they just don't. Yeah, and they'll come up after service and say, oh, it was my elbow, but I didn't want to say anything. And we just say, well, God, God's not going to heal you now. It's, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, but uh, you know, so, I mean, I guess what I'm trying, I don't want to be flippant with all of this, but God does understand that we're trying to learn to walk in this. And so usually that's that's kind of what happens with me. And sometimes as I start to give that, sometimes I've got the whole picture and a lot of times I don't. And I just am trying to sense when is the right moment that he wants to do whatever it is and flow in that time in the service. And sometimes I miss that. Sometimes I wait too long because I'm still trying to get more. And uh, But anyway, then as you start to speak it, a lot of times he'll give you more. And I don't know, do you get get those when you're praying for people? Anybody? No? You will. (laughs) You will. Yeah. Yeah, because anybody want to share an example? Hmm? Go ahead. We can do it this way. It'll mess up the CD, but we don't care. No, no, I, I asked. Oh, yeah. She was at a race. She was a CrossFit runner. She was at her championship race in November ish. And I was at my mom's Thanksgiving. And I was having kind of a time of stretching and eating and praying. And I knew I had another friend in town who was bringing another couple of her friends who were also getting pregnant. And I got this sense that I should pray for a baby and the baby should be delivered. I had never heard that name before in my life. I thought it, I didn't know what it meant. 
Yeah, yeah, and I think that exactly counts. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, yeah, discerning of spirits. Yeah. Now we get those a lot when you start, you just start praying for somebody, and especially if you're praying the spirit, and then stuff will come. Stuff you didn't know, you know, it's, it, it comes, you know it didn't come from your, cause, because there are lots of ways to pray for people. We pray the word over them. We, we pray in the spirit. We pray, sometimes we know the situation. They're saying, can you pray this? And as long as it lines up with the word, we can pray that and agree with them. But a lot of times you don't know, you know exactly how to pray or you don't know the fullness. And as you start to just pray the word or pray you know, something over them, then something else will come up. And a lot of times it'll either be, a lot of times that's where I think a word of wisdom will come and there'll be some direction or some instruction, you know. So, go ahead. And I was on the outside late. Oh, <laughs> yes, I was. I was, because you were all laughing at me when I came in. So I always take my shoes off. And so I had these ridiculous shoes that I was wearing. And he started giving out prizes. And I felt like, I need to put my shoes on. I can't have this as a prize. And sure enough, you know, Annie Ruth, Ruth, my yeah. was 100 bucks. Why wasn't she riding with all of us in the van? Is what I want to know. I think I have one that I, I this one's like a little more wisdom versus like not knowing how you're sure of it, right? Because like sometimes response is wisdom, it's instantaneous. You just got to say yes and do it, mm-hmm. right? Because obedience is one of those things that's based in, in our knowledge, right? There was a time we were in an area and on a border that I wasn't supposed to be on um, with my wife and kids. First time in my life that I ever got to a place where I was like, this isn't going to end well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was the first time I walked into a situation where I looked at the people that were confronting me and I just looked at them and I said, this ain't going to end well. God, I know this isn't, this isn't going to end well. And Shirley at the same time had the same feeling and God told her, leave me. And Shirley had us pack, grab the kids, walk away and get in our, our vehicle and drove away. Everything in her was just like, this is not how it's supposed to be, but God clearly spoke and said, I have to do this. This is what, it's his time to deal with this, you just have to trust me. And it 
it was like respond and have to go. And I was just like, afterwards I told her, I was like, so why didn't you ever come back for me? I Yeah. You can't just have it and not do it. It's just like, right. put your shoes on. It is seriously, put them on now and go. Yeah. No, I don't, there's no yeah. end thing to you here. You don't know what's going to happen, but you have to have the trust in it as well. Yeah. So knowing that and praying that, and it's like, sometimes you will not know the end of that sequence, but you just trust it. So did she tell you God spoke to me and I need to go, or did she no, just leave? Not. Matter of fact, actually when it happened, <laughs> Sure. God actually yeah. said something to me too at that moment. Yeah. I don't when I remember that seeing her yeah. drive away. I was like, and she didn't drive that often there, so that was even another thing. So it was like, okay, this is person's definitely gonna be in the episode of the Godless. So yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> because she would have stayed. No matter what, she would have left. She would have usually been the one that would have stayed, not me. Yeah. We're out of here. Yeah. I was like, no, she just told her what God clearly told me. You got to do this. Huh. That's a good one. That's better than any of ours. Put your, put your shoes on. <laughs> My shoes and I got a hundred dollars. I almost died. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Next one. We better move. Gift. Gift of faith. Okay. So. So this is a good one. Uh, this is a good place to say there are a number of these that have sort of a. I. I don't have a good term for it. I call it an everyday counterpart. Uh, there's the gift of faith, but obviously. The Bible talks about God giving every person a measure of faith, which I see as a capacity for faith, really. You know, but and and also the Bible tells us that we grow in faith, or faith increases as we hear God speak to us. So, I mean, there are various ways that faith comes, but the gift of faith is a sudden impartation of faith for a specific time or thing. And it very often is for a specific purpose. It very often precedes the working of miracles or gifts of healings. You suddenly, you just, you know, can be a really bad situation and you are suddenly just filled with absolute confidence. God's going to do this. And then he'll give you what to do. And very often, again, these various gifts flow together, obviously. And uh, very often the gift of faith will come before uh, a miracle or, you know, healing or, or something like that. So it's, so we, we see that also, and we'll talk about it when we get there, whether that's tonight or not, <clears throat> when we, and I've mentioned this before, when we talk about the gift of tongues, it comes kind of in two forms. In fact, I'm not going to go there right now, but there is a very, the, what we call our personal prayer language is one aspect of that gift. And 
the gift that stands up and gives a message in a different language is another part of that gift. So uh, it's going to be the same thing. The next one is gifts of healings. And it's interesting because in the Greek, both of those words, gifts and healings, they're both plural. And, you know, everybody's best guess is that the reason for that is because there are so many various ways that God heals as well as so many different things that need to be healed, you know. So, so both of those words are, are plural in the Greek. And so there are a lot of different types of healings. So it's just one kind of thing that would flow, possibly flow through this, this gift. The word healings here is a word that means, it's a different, there are various words in the Greek about, you know, healing. This one means to cure. And so it's, it's very often a process. Sometimes it's an instantaneous healing. And the reason I want to say this is because sometimes we think if it's a gift, well, then it's all, it's got to be instantaneous and complete right now. But that's not even what the word means. It means it's a release of a cure. So it, it can be a complete and instantaneous healing. And we see that in the ministry of Jesus. We also see times where somebody began to be healed. We see people, we, we see him uh, lay hands on a blind person twice. They didn't get their full healing. It was Jesus, you know, so we shouldn't feel bad about it when we have to pray multiple times and keep praying for people. But and also there were ones where, you know, as you go or go wash in the pool or, you know, there were various ways uh, that, that healing came. And so it is accomplished by the power of God. It's not taking antibiotics and getting rid of the virus, you know, or the bacteria. But, uh, but it, it is, uh, it can be something that is in process or, or takes some time, but it starts at that moment. That something starts at that moment, that healing begins at that moment. Uh, A lot of times this gift, when we see it in scripture, a lot of times it's a sign gift. It's a gift that's given in the midst of unbelievers and it demonstrates the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I think that's what we see where Peter and John come up and they, you know, they lift this person up who's, uh, and, and everybody knows this guy was crippled. This guy had this problem. Um, sorry, here's, I'm getting messages from Nanette as we speak. Um, everybody knew that and it was a sign to them. I mean, in a lot of situations, the Lord, in fact, you know, the scripture tells us, and, and again, not so much the gift of healing, but it tells us lay hands on the sick. It doesn't say lay hands on believers. Not that we can't lay hands on believers, but it's not exclusive to believers at all. I mean, I, I think I think healing is one of the one of the things we should be really bold about praying for people for their healing and leave the results with the Lord. You are not the healer. You're just being obedient. Pray for people that have colds. Pray for people that have flu. The more people you pray for, two things are going to be happen. The more people you're going to see healed and the more people you're going to see not healed. And you're going to have to learn to deal with that too and keep walking with God and go pray for the next one because that's just the way it is. And you just, everybody has to go through that. If you're going to pray for people, you're going to have people healed. You're going to see wonderful things. And you're going to have people die. And you're going to have to work through that in order to keep going on, believe in what the word says above your experience and pray for the next one. And that's just one of those things. I mean, it's not really our subject tonight, but uh, it's one of those things that I feel like it's just part of Christian maturity if we're going to walk with the Lord. And it's, it's you know, uh, 
up to him to do it. We can't change by our experiences. We can't change our opinion of who he is, that all of a sudden he's not the healer or he only heals sometimes or he chooses this one and that one. I mean, you're going to have to work through some of that just like I do and everybody else does and um, get to that point where it's like, no, God's good all the time and he wants everybody healed and I don't know why things happen the way they do, but I'm going to keep praying for people. So anyway, that's a a sidebar, but um, it's just part of the deal. So, yeah, she just got stuck in her yard, and then she, anyway, so, she's she's unstuck now, so, but she's talking to me about it, and she knew it was after Bible study that she was looking for help, so, she knows we're in Bible study, I wonder if she'll listen to this, <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so there are a lot of valid ways to pray for people, but this is one of the ways that, you know, and again, a lot of times it'll be preceded by this influx of faith and then you pray for somebody and it'll just be for a specific need right then yes ma'am i would like to say one thing about that and i can wait till the end ah, go ahead so, we're kind of doing um, it this way you know, tonight the, the one thing that reminds me of this is um and karen prayed with me and his child a drowned child yes Yeah. And in children's hospital, yeah. when they came to pick them up, we're, we're not happy with this. And so you're giving this family false hope. And um, But I, I came home. I couldn't stop. I got here in the morning. I couldn't stop. Karen prayed for me. Please, Karen, pray for this kid. I go to work the next day, and they said, oh, have you read the, have you heard? He, he's okay. You know, this is like two days later. Yeah, two yeah. Days, he's okay. But it was easy. Was yeah. That, I don't know if it was a surge. Yes. Faith. That's a good, yeah. Because Yeah. Both just, you know, did it, and that child. Yeah. And came in late, you know. They came in later to, you know, the I don't know, five months later or something to show him the kid, and he was running and walking. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a surge of something that was easy. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that's I think that's really that's a great example because it is it feels different and that's a great way to quantify that it's it's easy it's not something i'm having to come up with and remember the scriptures and you know and do all that and uh and not that there's anything wrong with that but it's just different when it is a gift flowing that's great Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, I think it's really important to realize that, again, that's why I kind of prefaced it with, we're going to take these all apart and look at them, but as we live it, they flow together. And our part is just to be open and sensitive and try and spend that time with him to be sensitive and then you're going to start getting nudged if you if you know and we need to be born again we need to be baptized in the holy spirit we've got to ask receive baptism in the holy spirit but then if you're open he'll start and and he'll lead you on your own little your little journey of you know 
of uh, growing in all of this, and it's it's okay. So uh, next one's working of miracles, and you know the Greek it means the operation of powers, and it, it's just a release of God's power. A miracle overcomes or, or supersedes natural law. Okay, if it's a miracle, it's gonna you know parting of the Red Sea was a miracle. We say you know a baby being born is a miracle. We say you know, um, we, we say, we use it for all kinds of things. We say satellite communication is a miracle, you know. We, we say surviving the 60s was a miracle, you know, and it might have been. But, but the, you know, this is, it's something that supersedes. It's uh, something that's impossible. And, you know, calming the storm, restoring a limb, raising the dead, and I know people that have been involved in several instances of somebody being raised from the dead. I think that kid was raised from the dead. You know, I mean, there's, there's kind of no question about it. You know, miracles happen. They, they definitely happen. But the working of miracles, again, would be a sudden release of that. It's not something we're thinking about and praying for and believing for. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. That's another way to receive a miracle. But it's, it's a, it's a, it's a sudden thing that comes and is released and and happens. Okay. I think miracles are for everybody. Absolutely. A lot of times. Right. I think that um, in evangelism and in missions and in places where you're right on those lines of reaching the lost, I think all of these gifts tend to flow more. I, I do think they are very much, and that's why I don't want to us to think that this is for the church. I mean, it's not not for the church, but it's certainly not to be contained in the church, and it really is to be out there. And I think in those settings, yeah, I think you see the working of miracles. I think evangelists tend to flow in some of these power gifts more because of who they're reaching and God just showing people that there is. I agree, but I wouldn't limit it to that. I wouldn't say that if we need a miracle, we can have one too, you know. Right. True. Yep. You know, yep. so we don't have to live in these little emergencies and crises all the time because we're moving by God and God's grace too. Yep. Not that we've got to be experts in things that happen when we do need miracles for, but in general, our lives should be right. living by these principles so that we are. So we don't need you on the police every you know, every hour. No, I, I agree with that too. I just don't think any of those things eliminate. You know, if we need a miracle, it's for us too. But absolutely, we should be needing less miracles. I mean, we should be, and we should be needing less of that, even if it's 
not technically a miracle, except a financial miracle every month, you know, it's like, well, probably you need to learn better, you know, need to learn to handle your money according to scriptural principles, you know, and as you do, you'll need less of that, you know, but yeah, but you know, plenty of, uh, plenty of believers, uh, need a, I, and I mean, there again, you know, that if we're going to pull it out and say, well, it's got to supersede natural law, that's technically true. I mean, those big things that happen, that's what a real miracle is, but still somebody being healed of incurable disease, I would put it in the category of a, a miracle, even though it might technically, and that's what I mean, you know, we can pull them apart, but then let's put them back together, you know, so, and we've seen plenty of that kind of thing, you know, we've seen, uh, I know a guy that uh, years ago, a pastor in, in uh, Utah that was a nut that um, shouldn't have ever been riding a motorcycle, but anyway, was going way too fast with a group of Christian motorcycle people, and crashed his motorcycle and was dead at the scene and blood was coming out his ears and his nose and he'd crushed his skull and they got around and prayed for him and he got up, the EMTs were like, this just can't happen. You know, this guy got up and he was okay and his wife took his motorcycle away. But, <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know yes, it was. it was. It was the right thing to do for old Andrew. But anyway... Anyway, I mean, we've, we've seen plenty of that stuff that was impossible. Doctors would say it was impossible. People would say it was impossible. Okay, another one, prophecy. I think we talk a lot about prophecy. It's a written or spoken communication of the mind of God. I think what I mainly want to say about it is that it is it, it may or may not foretell the future. I think we often tend to put prophecy only in that category of foretelling the future. In the, in the New Testament in particular, it, it even talks about, um, it, it, there's comparative language, and I didn't write the scriptures down, between Old Testament prophets and New Testament teachers. There are New Testament prophets, obviously, uh, part of the fivefold ministry, but there should be, um, we, we always pray, and I've told this many times, for a, what I call, a, for lack of a better term, a prophetic flow in our service. We want to know, God, what's on your mind right now? What do you want for us, for these people at this time and this service? What do you want to say? What do you want to do? I call it a prophetic flow because it's we're looking for something that's coming immediately out of the heart of God. Prophecy is a message that's coming immediately from the heart of God. And it may give instruction and teaching, it may give direction, it may tell of future events. It can do a lot of different things. But a, the gift of prophecy would be a, a sudden inspiration in someone to give us a message that is coming uh, straight from the heart and mind of God at that moment for us. Um, I just broaden that because in the New Testament, prophecy is just a really broad concept because we have the Holy Spirit inside us because we have the ability to know the mind of Christ, to teach from it, to sing from it, to preach from it, to talk from it, to pray for each other from it. And so it's, uh, you know, it's not, it's prophecy in itself is not just limited to that, but 
but the gift of prophecy would be that real specific, spontaneous communication of God's heart or his intentions or a future event or whatever it might be. I just, I just want us not to put it in just a few categories, really. I mean, it, it can be a prophecy and not tell what's going to happen next week or next month or next year, you know. Um, and, yeah. So, and prophecy is one of those areas where there's a lot of real genuine prophecy out there. It always brings edification and comfort and exhortation. It doesn't condemn. It doesn't, um, we've been around situations where people were, uh, giving what they said were prophecies that were just, it might challenge you. It might very well challenge you to change directions. Prophecy will certainly do that. But it's not going to come through as condemning and judgmental and critical. It's just not the nature of God. And you'll you'll see some things out there called prophecy that way. Also, you know, and, and, and you can listen to people that know a lot more about this than I do. I mean, Chris Valentin's pretty good on this stuff, but uh, you know, again, in the New, in the Old Testament, people didn't have the Spirit of God in them. So prophecy had to be right on because if people needed to do what the prophet said to do, and so God held them really responsible for what they were doing to those people and what they were telling those people. In this day and age, you have the Spirit of God in you. You, can, you will either bear witness with something or you will not, and you can trust that. You can trust that inward witness. Uh, you have to be careful about your own motives and your own, well, I didn't want to hear that, you know. I mean, you have to be careful about all that stuff. But that's different than it really, than, than you hearing something come forth that just grieves the spirit on the inside of you. When it's like that, I don't, I don't mess with it. I don't, I don't touch that. Um, there's an awful lot we could say about that, but I think she might be going to talk about it in a few weeks, so... You can cover it more completely. Um, so it so it's a really important aspect, and we and we really want to. I you know. I don't know. Maybe that's just my opinion. Oh wow, it's seven thirty-six. Sorry, are we okay? We'll have to quit here pretty quick. We're. I guess we're going to be in this again next week. Uh, well, let me just finish with this, and then I guess we'll quit. Um, We've had, we've been through, I like it when I find people that move in a prophetic bent that are, um, gosh, I don't even know how to say it, that what they're communicating is the heart of God. And sometimes it really foretells things, but it's done in a way that it really is left to the believer to agree with, that we need to, okay, I believe God is saying this. And so we're going to pray for, pray on this and realize that we have something to do with this coming to pass, even though God has said it. When we were coming up, we were exposed to some folks that they were okay, but uh, I mean, you know, they were, they were spe- very, being very specific about governmental things that were going to happen. Uh, Gorbachev was the Antichrist, and Russia was at that time, at that time, going to align with China within the next couple of years and this is all going to be over and it's going to happen like this you know and 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 there were just a lot of those things that were they didn't happen and honestly that's okay I mean it's not okay but they missed it okay it's not my place to judge them they missed it but they were never called to account for that they were never 
And some of those people, some of them are gone. Some of them are still out there every year predicting things that don't happen. And I think there should be, prophets should be accountable to somebody. They should have spiritual leadership in their life too. And they should be accountable. And, and if they're wrong a lot, then maybe they need to take a step back, you know, and, and spend time with God and, and get this thing straight. So I, I don't mean to, there's some really good stuff out there. I'm just always, I hear it, I'll weigh it, and I'll pray over it. Unless I feel real moved by it, I'll just ask God, what do you want me to do with it? And that's kind of how I handle it. I don't know if that's. And I think that's what I think Annie's trying to get at is for us to have an open environment where we can all learn this together because this is a really safe place to learn this, you know. And so I think that's good. And you, and you do if you want to stand up. I mean, Remedy is a great place for us to learn to move in the gifts. And we're very open to people moving in the gifts. And we have a kind of a process for it. We do want to, you know, we, we want you to tap on one of our shoulders and say, hey, I think I have something, let us know, and then find the right spot for it, and we'll do that, you know. And, and if it's, you know, as long as it's not contrary to the Word of God or the, you know, the Spirit of God, you know, we're open to that. And if we feel like there needs to be correction, we're going to do that in love, you know, and that kind of thing. Because we do want to learn and grow in this. We don't want to, you know... Um, we want to learn and grow in it. We want to encourage people to learn to flow in the gifts. So, so we'll come back to these, I guess, uh, next week, which is which is fine. I really want to spend some time talking about praying in other tongues and and intercession in other tongues and and kind of delineate those two parts of that gift because I think it's one of the most common and I think it's one of the most important and I think that personal prayer language is so valuable and essential to us. So I kind of, we may, if we have time, we'll look at some of the verses in Romans chapter eight and some of that that are really powerful. So, okay. So kept you a long time. Sorry. I think this was good though. I mean, I was enjoying it. Yeah. So I was enjoying it. So <laughs> you guys, yeah, whatever, you know, yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for this time tonight, Lord. We thank you for the things that you've spoken and just for us being able to share about this together, Lord. And I, I think for all of us, this is something we want to grow in. Lord, we, we want to know you better and we want to know the voice of the Holy Spirit within us and be moved to minister to people in this powerful way. And and so, Father, we just, we do we ask you, Lord, to Again, flood us and refill us with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, teach us to walk in these gifts and use us any way and any place and any time that you want to use us. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.